course, your home for honesty, I guess. My name is Nathan, your most daughter of shoot him in the face guy, I guess. <laughs> uh, my name is Andy, your most... Montana is actually a really beautiful state host. And I'm Pat, your Halliburton host. <laughs> and uh, we've got a, a, a mini today. Andy, you hear that, Andy? It's actually a mini. You can't make it a maxi. It's just a normal <laughs> mini. You cannot act like I am acting alone in that. <laughs> no, no, you are you are like you're like seventy percent at fault. I'm like twenty percent at Nonsense. fault. Maybe twenty five percent at fault. And then Pat shares like five percent of the blame. Nonsense. You talk a lot. Um that's, anyway. that's why I take twenty five percent. So we are I've called you here today because <laughs> Oh yes! What what did you call me here for? <laughs> Good news, everyone! Yeah. Oh, what do we get to talk about tonight? The specter of Ronald Reagan is officially gone from the Republican Party. They have cast it aside. They voted uh, Liz Cheney out of her position of leadership within the party, and basically officially broke with the Reagan era conservatism. That mantle now lies in the hands of the Democrats. I think I'm super excited because I know, I know you guys accept me to attack the Republicans because, like, you think I'm just a one-trick pony who always says the same stuff. But I am going to defend the Republicans as this being a very brave choice for them, an honest choice for them, them proving that they think honesty is important because. What they have done by voting out Liz Cheney out of her leadership position is been incredibly honest with themselves and the American public that they don't give a shit about honesty, that they're a party of lies and deceit. You can't be honest and be part of this party, and I think that's the most honest thing they've done in decades. So I, I salute them. If Let's pretend for a second that I'm completely ignorant of what you mean by breaking ties with Reagan era politics, what does any of that mean? Sure. So, so what's happened here is, um, so Liz Cheney, Liz Cheney is the daughter of Dick Cheney, the former vice president, uh, for George W. Bush and I believe secretary of state for George H. W. Bush. Sure, I know he was right? in the cabinet. I don't know. We can mini fact check that. Fact check. Fact check. Fact check. And welcome back to Fact Check. Dick Cheney served as the Secretary of Defense in George H.W. Bush's administration. Dick also served as the House Representative of Wyoming from 1979 to 1989, the same state his daughter represents now, not Montana, Andy, although I'm sure Montana is beautiful this time of year. Anyway, let's get back to the show. Back check, back check, back check. Um, yeah, you know, and and Reagan, and he is one of those one of the architects of the of movement conservatism, which was the dominant Republican agenda for the last thirty thirty five years. So Dick Cheney is is like the godfather of the modern Republican Party in a sense. So Liz Cheney, his daughter, is a the representative, the only House member 
from the state of Montana. They only have one. Um, and she was the number three Republican in the House. She was the chair of the um, the conference committee, I believe. Um, a very, very high-ranking position within the Republican Party. She is considered one of the rising stars of the Republican Party. And she was pretty pro-Trump. Like, up until late 2019, early 2020. Yeah, we talked about this earlier. She voted with Trump 90, 96% of the time. Yeah, 96% of the time mm-hmm. during the first first two-year term of, you know how you, you, you have the 116th Congress, you have the 117th Congress. 96% of the time of the first uh, session and 93% of the time, the time, the second session. So she's like, she was pretty lockstep with step with him. Until um, he started talking, and this is the wild part to me, or well, one of the, oh, it's just a crazy story. So until um, it came to matters of warmongering, where um, she, in the traditional conservative view, is pro-warmongering. She is a hawk. She um, objected to Trump talking about and trying to draw down our troop presence in in Afghanistan and some other places. America's adversaries should know, and they should have no doubt, that any targeting of U.S. forces by Russians, by anyone else, will face a very swift and deadly response. So she objected to that. This is one place where it makes sense to talk about, like, Liz Cheney is not like she's a conservative in the truest sense of the word. The old like just because right, just because she's decided to be honest about this one thing doesn't make her like a Democrat or anything like that. Because I've seen like liberals online talking about like saluting her and being like, join the Democratic Party. Like, no, don't don't get anywhere close to the Democratic Party, Liz Cheney. Just thank you for being like. A pre-Reagan era Republican. <laughs> Most likely, yeah. She's just going to kind of disappear. Um, I think... Well, I got to agree with Trump on this one. Like, drawing down the troops, I think, is generally a pretty That's okay-ish what I'm saying. idea. That's right. what I'm saying. Like, the, the one thing that I actually, like, kind of... A, agree with trump <laughs> on and i oh those words sound really awful and i need it's to one of these like now, a few things that he like, like he accidentally backed into the right decision right and then sh- that's the thing that she objected to and then after the insurrection she just had it she was fed up obviously with with the bullshit she just acknowledged that the election wasn't stolen from trump that's literally mm. it yeah she just says that the election was fair and square and that Trump lost. She was... So first there was a vote, a, a secret vote, to remove her from her leadership position. The Republicans caucused and did their little thing in their, you know, robes and whatever. Right. Creepy and we talked about do. this in a previous episode. Uh-huh. Two, two-thirds of them voted to keep her in her yeah. uh, leadership position. Because she is a, like, a diamond member Republican, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, this is, this is Dick Cheney's daughter. They, when no one was going to find out how they voted, the Republicans wanted her around. And they should, because she isn't that dumb relative to some of the rest of them. So it's literally appeasing but, Trump. It's, it's wanting to save face 
with exactly. the public vote that they well, don't want to be the one who opposes Trump. I think that there are, I mean, there's hundreds of these Congress people who are pushing this lie, and I think they have a few different reasons. Each of them is a little bit different. Um, yeah, I think some of them just want to, the the sign of, you know, in order to be successful in the new Republican Party, now the, you know, we're past the Reagan era where, you know, movement conservatism right. and monetarism and these kind of things rule the day. Um, we are now into the Trump era. And in this era, it all that matters is, do you back up Trump or not? Yeah, it's a party of fascism. I mean, that was their whole party platform in at their 2020 convention. or 20, Yeah. They didn't have a platform. They literally kept the one from 2016 because Trump couldn't be bothered to like come up with a new one. But here's, here's what I want to talk about for a minute. On January 7th, even the night of January 6th, there were a number of Republicans who got brave for a minute and shot down Trump. Lindsey Graham did it. Uh, Mitch McConnell did it. Ted Cruz did it. Kevin McCarthy mm -hmm. came out and spoke against him. Over and over and over, tons of these people. Back check, back check, back check. And welcome back to Fact Check. First, we have South Carolina Senator Lindsey Graham. There's not a lot of substance here, and he compliments Trump as he sort of tries to distance himself. Uh, Trump and I, we've had a hell of a journey. I hate it being this way. Oh my God, I hate it. From my point of view, he's been a consequential president. But today, first thing you'll see. All I can say is uh, count me out. Enough is enough. I've tried to be helpful. Next up, we've got Yertle himself, the big cheese Mitch McConnell. If you don't pay much attention, it certainly sounds like he's laying into Trump and he kind of tries to push aside the big lie, but he just can't bring himself to say that Trump is responsible. Here, listen for yourself. President Trump claims the election was stolen. The assertions range from specific local allegations to constitutional arguments to sweeping conspiracy theories. I supported the president's right to use the legal system, dozens of lawsuits, received hearings in courtrooms all across our country. But over and over, the courts rejected these claims, including all-star judges whom the president himself has nominated. Every election, we know, features some illegality and irregularity, and of course, that's unacceptable. But my colleagues, nothing before us proves illegality anywhere near the massive scale, the massive scale that would have tipped the entire election. Nor can public doubt alone justify a radical break when the doubt itself was incited without any evidence. Next up, the teddy bear himself, Tedward Cruz from Texas. Ted had so much of a spine that he still objected to certifying the electoral vote 
after the capital had been attacked by terrorists. Here's the only tepid, almost non-existent criticism that he could come up with the next day on ABC News. The president's language and rhetoric uh, often goes too far. I think yesterday in particular, the president's language and rhetoric crossed a line and it was reckless. And finally, Kevin McCarthy. Kevin called the president during the riot and asked for help, and the president told him that he guessed the terrorists were more upset about the election than McCarthy was, at which point they had a shouting-slash-swearing match. We know this because Kevin told Washington Representative Jamie Herrera Butler about it after it happened. All of them trying to say, hey, hey, you know, they're, they're, they're the Capitol Police officer who's being bludgeoned to death. They're, they're hunting lawmakers. They're coming after him. And the president didn't respond. You know, I asked Kevin McCarthy, who's the Republican leader, about this. Um, and he said he called Donald Trump. He finally got through to Donald Trump. And he said, you have got to get on TV. You've got to get on Twitter. You've got to call these people off. You know what the president said to him? This is as it's happening. He said, well, Kevin, these are my people. You know, these are these are Antifa. And Kevin responded and said, no, they're your people. They literally just came through my office windows and my staff are running for cover. I mean, they're running for their lives. You need to call them off. And the president's response to Kevin, to me, was chilling. He said, well, Kevin, I guess they're just more upset about the election uh, you know, theft than you are. And that's, you know, you've seen widespread reports of, of Kevin McCarthy and the president having a, basically a swearing conversation. That's when the swearing commenced, because the president was basically saying, no, nah, I'm okay with this. This is the man who went to Mar-a-Lago to kiss the ring and voted against the January 6th investigation of the attack. Just a real spineless piece of shit. But let's listen to him the night of the attack, shall we? That doesn't mean the president is free from fault. The president bears responsibility for Wednesday's attack on Congress by mob rioters. He should have immediately denounced the mob when he saw what was unfolding. These facts require immediate action by President Trump. Accept his share of responsibility. Quell the brewing unrest. Wow, that was a long one. Anyway, enjoy it while you can. There's almost no chance you'll see any Republicans with any kind of spine when it comes to Trump again anytime soon. Anyway, let's get back to the show. Back check, back check, back check. And then they realize the next day, oh, I can't get reelected or keep any amount of power unless I appease the Trump wing of the party and the people who support him. And so after that, you see people making these trips down to Mar-a-Lago and shaking hands with Trump to say, hey, nope, I, I still love him. I am still I still have both lips firmly pressed against this man's ass. I was going to say, do you think that he made them literally kiss a ring? <laughs> I mean, it would be very, it would be very Don of him. Right. Wait, do you mean, do you mean like a mafia Don or like the Donald Don? Like Donald, <laughs> both. Yeah, both. I mean, yeah, I, I heard... I forget who said it. It was. It's really interesting to hear uh, retired Republicans talk about the Republican Party now mm. because they can be honest in a way that people currently in power can't at all. But I heard somebody, and I feel bad that I can't remember who it was who said this, but basically said, in the modern Republican Party, you can't win a primary without Trump support and you can't win a general with it. And I think that is really, like, I think that's really interesting because you can't, you can't stay in power without him, but you can't win with him. So we kind of 
stopped telling the story partway through. But um, so oh, sure. so Liz Cheney was she she held uh, her position in a two to one by a two to one margin, like one hundred and forty five to sixty one. There it is. And then Trump continued to trumpet the big lie, and and she objected, and she continues to say, no, you're the one pushing a lie. So because she won't fall in line, the Republican Party decided to have another vote to remove her uh, from her leadership position, and their reasoning, their justification is because... Well, you're allowed to have your principle, but if you're going to be a leader of the Republican Party, you need to toe the Republican Party line. Right. What I've what I've heard is their argument and who boy is it bad is that 100 percent of our efforts now need to be towards stopping this socialist White House from getting what they want. Yeah. And if she if she has to keep on going back to the past and talking about this stuff that doesn't matter anymore, although it matters incre- like so much, uh, if she insists on keeping on like rehashing the past, then she doesn't have any plays in leadership. So that is the official stance that I've heard, at least from Kevin McCarthy, yeah, who no, sort yeah. of like sets the tone. <clears throat> right. Well, he is the House Minority Leader. Um, yep. The number one Republican in the House. Yeah. Uh, who's the number two, I wonder? Mini fact check. Andy, that would be Minority Whip Steve Scalise, representative from Louisiana. Mini fact check. But she doesn't lose her seat or anything. She's still a member of Congress. Right. She's Only just being voters, from this well, leadership position. Congress right. can't expel her. Congress as a body, or, or the House as a body, rather, can expel her. But um, right. more, more likely, she will just not be re-elected in, in 2022. Exactly. Let's not pretend like this, this move kicks her out of the party. It right. just doesn't do it immediately. If they, if they had the ability to oust her right now, they would. And I have heard that there are many people in Wyoming, many Republicans who are incredibly upset with her because they think that her job is not to tell the truth and vote her conscience. It's to support Trump no matter what he does. And they're very upset and those people aren't going to vote for her again. So, And just to, as if to, you know, reinforce that point, the person who is likely to replace Liz Cheney as the GOP conference chair is a woman, a re- representative, uh, Elise Stefanik. Um, is she a representative? Uh, a woman, a woman who I believe has won. Well, this is the ironic part. A woman who has voted with Trump, I believe 63% of the time. Right. So yeah. they're replacing her with a less conservative, uh, a less conservative person who's pro gay rights and things. Um, but, is willing to say that the election was or may have been stolen. She's willing to, to just, you know, lie. Kiss the ring. Fact check. Fact check. Fact check. And welcome back to Fact Check. Representative Elise Stefanik from New York voted with Trump 90% of the time in the 115th Congress and only 65% of the time in the 116th for a total of 78% overall. 
She supported the 2019 Equality Act, but has also opposed other LGBTQ plus causes. But as we know, none of that really matters as long as she swears loyalty at the feet of the god of the Republican Party, Donald Trump. Anyways, let's get back to the show. Back check, back check, back check. Well, look at it. Look at it this way. Like, I, I know you guys have a, tr- a little bit of trouble understanding, like, this point of view, but Trump was the populist candidate. He was the rejection of business as usual politics. He was the supposedly the little guy's candidate. And so if the old guard Republicans are not supporting this populist, the little guy's candidate, it becomes an internal struggle for power over who's really in charge of the GOP. So, I mean, I can see where this comes from. Now, to us from the outside, it looks absolutely ridiculous. Right. But it's funny you should mention that because there is a letter that I presume is going to be going out. I heard about it a couple of days ago. It's been drafted by a hundred prominent Republicans, both in current leadership and who have been in leadership in the past, who threatened if this vote goes through for Liz Cheney, they're going to start a third party uh, to combat this new era of Trumpian Republicans who don't believe in the truth anymore. And presumably that's going to happen now. We'll we'll see because, you know, I don't generally equate Republicans with, you know, having like the convictions of what what they say but we'll see with the rise of trump i think you know you see you saw that the republican party was no longer the the party of reagan but there was throughout the whole term there was a lot of question about what would happen after trump is no longer president which would you know either happen sooner or later there was there was just a lot of uncertainty a lot of republicans who had bad things to say about trump and were critical of trump and trumpism um people like our former governor john Kasich, they stayed in the republican party through all that and my you know i'm not a mind reader but i think it's fair to to guess that it's probably because they were holding out hope that that once this like trump fever passed that the Republican Party would return to its senses and back to its, you know, the movement conservatism values or maybe an updated version of them or something. But that obviously is not the way that the party's going. The tail is wagging the dog here. Um, the leadership is following where the voters are. And the voters are that that they're following are wildly uninformed to to misinformed uninformed is the better end of these people like right but let's not pretend like that's accidental they're uninformed because oh no it's been cultivated for a long time right absolutely for decades and so they're uninformed because this is like this is what you hath wrought and so be it like i so now you have a bunch of people who are trying to correct this but these people can't see reason and so when you have a base that can't see reason, then you can't see reason. You're not – like you don't have the luxury to tell them that you see reason because 
you have to like my sheep are headed that way i have to like run in front of them so i can lead them and so now you know they've become a party with a solution in search of a problem so many so many of those Back to Liz Cheney, so she already has six Republicans lining up to challenge her in for uh, in 2022 uh, in the primary. Um, just to I mean, be I guess clear, we can be excited. We can be excited that this will push the Republican Party to the left a little bit because Liz Cheney is so Republican. Well, so I conservative. Think, I don't think so. I think this is this is all. This is just another step. In the great sort that that we've been doing for 40, 50 years. Um, in the, in the parties have been sorting themselves, liberals into the Democrats and conservatives into the Republicans. Before that, um, you know, back, back when in the times when people point to when they say, oh, politics was so much less divided then. Well, that's because the Democrats had an internal conservative wing and liberal wing that kept that party balanced. The Republican Party had the same. And when a certain bill came up, some of the liberals from the Republican Party would vote with some of the liberals from the Democrat. And, and there was, that's that's the way that it worked. We functionally had a four-party system. And since we have started, like, the thing is we forgot that these parties are actually companies they are corporations they are businesses that's what a political party is it's a special kind of business but they're fucking businesses so fucking coke and pepsi run the goddamn show yeah i just think it's funny that um 2016 was like a referendum on uh like the establishment government and the republicans were like okay, we're going to throw everything out and do this new thing. I mean, we experimented with it for four years and found out that it was Trumpism. But the Democrats then decided, like, nope, the exact same thing that works, we're gonna go, we're gonna just stick with. Uh, I don't know, actually. Um, I mean, we'll see. It's still pretty early, and, and of course, you know, listeners probably haven't even heard the the joe biden episode by the time this one comes out but it's coming i think um, they'll come out about the same time right around yeah. the same. so um you know go check that one out but um i kind of think that the democratic party is contemplating a step to the left right now yeah we we talked about this certainly in the joe biden episode i mean at least i did there the Joe Biden administration is the most progressive administration in history. It's still not, it's not, it's still not like nearly progressive enough for my taste, but there's no, there's no question. They've done a number of things that are incredibly progressive. Have they done enough? Uh, no, not, not even close, but they, they are, here's, here's the thing. I will say in Joe Biden's uh, in Joe Biden's favor is that he calls in a diverse series of experts and he listens to them and his decisions when he makes them generally include that advice and that's a that's a huge change from the last administration. Right. I mean that's like the bare minimum of like 
an administrator. But you know what? So here's the thing. (laughs) And and I am not, that's not a criticism. I want to be clear that, that if anything might be an endorsement in, 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 um, in my book, my, I, I'm not a super big fan of a, uh, a executive who, or chief executive who is wielding authority like Thor's freaking hammer. Like, I'm not, or as as you admitted in the Joe Biden episode, any administration ever. Right. Well, <laughs> in all fairness, they all have big glaring problems. Like to me, that are like, in, like, whole. I think pretty much our last four. four He's doing math, people that you can't see at home. <laughs> He's last... like sitting there, like counting on a finger on fingers like jimmy carter probably no Uh, at the very least our last five presidents are pretty much documented war criminals that include that's starting with joe biden already with uh resuming some of obama era uh unsanctioned military actions so against civilians so against anyway arming terrorists so anyway but this isn't the Joe Biden episode. This is the Liz Cheney episode. And I right. honestly, part of me almost thinks that she might just jump in with the Democrats because she, I don't know. I don't it know. would be so wild if she did because like, Wouldn't it, she doesn't represent anything that the Democrats, like no. other than the one thing that she's done is tell the truth on this one thing. But, but look at how, I mean... <laughs> Let's, so, as the Republican Party removes her from a leadership position, the Democrats have been pouring out of the woodwork to exalt her. Nancy Pelosi, the White House, issued a statement. Like, the Democrats think, have been sucking her deep all day. <laughs> what I will say is, I think there she absolutely deserves some credit. I mean, the same way Romney deserves some credit when he stood up. And actually told the truth. Like, I think those two are sort of the, I think the last one. Now, Romney, I could see fitting in with the Democrats fairly easily. Maybe. He he did start Obamacare. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think she definitely deserves credit because it, it takes quite a bit of courage to do what she's done. I think that is, like, what she's done is said, telling the truth and standing up to these lies that Trump is telling is more important than me keeping my job. Mm-hmm. And if more politicians could do that, we would be in a much, much better position. Yeah. So she Agreed. she has said, yeah. I am willing Agreed. to lose my job in exchange to stand up for this thing I believe in. And I think that's wonderful. What it doesn't do is turn her into a liberal. What it doesn't right. do is align her values with the values of the Democratic Party. True, although um, I think... And and I don't think I, I think it's just she's just too far away to ever join the Democrats the Democratic Party. But I do think that she may work with Democrats on action would, regarding right. If if this, she could actually like, but know, the thing is, she's not going to keep her job for that much longer. So I don't know how effective she's going to be. She's not going to be able to bring a lot of people along with her because. She's poison in the Republican Party now. So I don't know what she's going to be able to do, but she might be able to be a vote, like an extra vote, which 
like in the House, what does that do for us? Not much of anything. Somebody like her in the Senate would be hugely, hugely advantageous. But in the House, what like another person doesn't really help the Democrats right now. No, they, they no, they don't really get any bonus points. <laughs> it's it's funny because on on paper it seems like it should be a great thing that these old guard Republicans are sort of like. Uh, getting bossed around by the voters. Like, on paper, you would say, like, man, what a great thing that these voters are coming out and they're taking control of their party, except for that, by the way, those are the QAnon supporters. Those are the the Trumpites. Dare I be optimistic, but... This will not go well for you. No, no, say um, what you're going to say. But, um... You know, I, I, I'm I'm interested to see how much the Trump slash QAnon slash white nationalist gr- wing of the Republican Party can demolish the old Reagan conservatism before they fizzle out. Because the Trumpism thing is just not going to last forever. It's just, there's only so much time that these people can live in an alternate reality at some point and not a critical mass of them will will shake it off and come to their senses or die here's here's the thing it i think the republican party the current republican party is much like the fast and furious movies they will keep on making them as long as they make money the republican party will stay exactly like this as long as it keeps them in power as soon as it no, no longer keeps them in power they're going to shift and be like, I never believed in that. I don't know what you're talking about. It feels like the Republican Party is sort of like splitting in half and both halves are withering and dying. I don't. I keep on hearing people say stuff like that. I've heard that for years. And the, the problem is, as they wither and die, they have built up their power structure in such a way, specifically in the Senate, where they can stop anything from happening they can they can ruin the country even with a like a wild minority if if democrats would have to get 60 senators elected and that is not possible it's just not possible they would only need to add 10 and i'm not saying that i really want the democrats to gain a super majority and everything but um, I would love to see, you know, the viability of both a Trumpism candidate and a conservatism candidate. But Andy, what you have asked for for out. years is finally happening. The Republicans are going to break off and start that third party you've been looking for and all I, these years. I am wondering if it might start <laughs> to lead to the downfall of the two-party system. We've already got ranked choice voting in Maine and Alaska. Not not New, mainstream New states and New York. Yeah, that's right. Only in New York City, I think. Right? It's for the mayor, but but that's it's huge and it's it's starting to get out there. It's starting to spread. People are catching on, and um, you know I think we it, we may be seeing the beginning of some major change. Well, on that note, um, that optimistic note. Gentlemen, I believe that that is a mini. Let's end it before I bring it back down again. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I think, um, yeah, again, a, 
thank you, Republican Party. Thank you, Republican Party, for your radical honesty in admitting that the truth does not matter to you in any way, shape, or form. I think this is a it's it's going to be a changing, wonderful moment for you, and uh, will affect the party for years to come. So, <clears throat> congratulations, Republicans. If Thanks. you could say one thing to Republicans, what would it be? Listen to scientists. They they usually know what they're talking about, like most of the time. Tell yourself you you know, whatever you need to, but history is going to tell the truth and. You're not going to come out looking nice. Yeah. And I think I would tell them to come up with a catchphrase. I hope we gave you something to think about this week. Love you. Bye. Bye. Mouth noises. Hey folks, we are absolutely over the moon that you are listening to us, but we would also love to listen to you. If you feel like reaching out to us, you can find us on the Zuckbook, on the Insta, or the Twits. Uh, You can find links in the doobly-doo, and just let us know what you think about the episode. If you liked our show enough to want to support us, you can always share us with your friends, or if it's within your means, subscribe to us on Patreon. And if you're friends with Elon Musk, go ahead and ask him to sponsor us. This is a joke that I'm saying. You and I specifically talked about this earlier this afternoon, remember? Oh, we're still live? Yeah. Oh, shit.